Hi, hope you're all well. I'm Viv and I'm the face behind Skin Farmer Aesthetics in Stockton on Tees. Tonight I'm continuing uh, our journey myself and Dr Sonny. We're going to be continuing our journey looking at the use of ultrasound in our aesthetics work. Hi Sonny and hi Stephen. Um, we'll, uh, I'll just get Sonny uh, to join. This evening, we're, um, I won't be a second, Stephen, I won't be, uh, I won't be long. We're going to be talking to um, a facial aesthetics plastic surgeon, Dr. Stephen Weiner, and he's um, going to be talking to us all the way from sunny Florida, hopefully. So we'll see, uh, see where he is. Sunny shouldn't be too long, he should be joining me any second now. Um, but Stephen's been working for a long time in carrying out surgical work. He concentrates on uh, non-surgical work now, I think, a lot. Hiya, Hi, Sonny. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, Bye. Yeah. What I'll do, I'll add Stephen on right now. I'll just see where there he is. will be a second. I'll add him now. Are you doing okay? Yeah, good. It's, uh, Sunday just flies by, by, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, too quickly. Hi, Stephen. Hello. How are you Hi, guys? How are you? Really good, really good. Brilliant, brilliant. Really nice to uh, see you, Stephen, all the way from sunny Florida. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. How's your day been so far? It's been great. You know, um, our American football uh, season just started, and that's that's our most popular sport. So a, a lot of people are glued to the TV set this weekend. Yeah, yeah. We're sorry to drag you away from that. Anyway, that's I hope it, hope that's not too bad. Um, it's um, it's really nice for you to join us. We've been speaking, myself and Sonny, we've been having weekly lives on Instagram for the last couple of months now. And we've been talking to specialists from all over the world over the last two months or so. Um, and we wanted to speak to you because you're very well known in the world of ultrasound in particular and facial aesthetics work you um you do a whole lot of different things and I'll, I'll let Sunny um speak to you I'll let him introduce you to begin with if that's all right Stephen sure thanks Viv no that's great Stephen what's uh who's your NFL team then um well we're kind of near the uh New Orleans Saints Saints okay. as well as the uh, Dallas Cowboys as well as Dallas Cowboys. Okay, good. And which one? Do you, are you a big fan? Do you, um, would you have been following the start of the season? Who do you support? You know, I, I like those guys. I also like the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, okay. Dallas Cowboys I can go with. Kansas City Chiefs, maybe. So, uh, okay, good, good. Stephen, I mean, Viv, we've both looked over your profile. You know, you, um, you have a great reputation in aesthetics as a surgeon as well. But just for the for the people watching, if you wouldn't mind just sort of introducing yourself, um, you know, how your journey started and how you found yourself. I mean, I was looking over your course structure, which we'll, we'll come back to a little bit late in, in aesthetics and ultrasound. But yeah, just, just a little bit of intro, that'd be great. So um, I started my uh, physician's journey. I went to um, Michigan to med school and then I went to uh, Johns Hopkins to do my uh, internship, residency, fellowship. And I also stayed on for another couple of years as a fellow. So I trained in otolaryngology, but part of the training is in facial plastics. Um, then I uh, went into private practice, not the current private practice, and I did general ENT with very little facial plastics. But I kind of got 
just made with um, insurance and um, ER call. And uh, so I said, look, it, I, I'm going to try something different. And at the time, 2005, you know, Botox was around for a couple of years. Restylane, I think, was just approved. And I said, you know, I think that this is the future. I think that people are going to want less surgery and injections. And I took a big risk. I actually moved to Florida because Georgia, where I was living, wasn't really um, a good town to do plastics um, or cosmetic work. And uh, I started, it was lean for a few years, but then it started catching on. And um, I went from a 600 square foot to a 5,000, uh, to a no, 1,500 square foot facility. And for several years, it was just four of us, uh, my wife and I, and three other, two other, no, th so it was five of us, three other estheticians. And then 2018, I brought on a uh, PA and she started injecting for me and doing some laser work. And then uh, we, it just took off from there. And we, we now have 5,000 square feet, 14, 15 employees. And uh, I do a lot of trainings now. In 2000, three years ago, uh, 2019, I went to uh, Leone's course um, on the recommendation of Young Cho, uh, a plastic surgeon in Texas. He said, I know you're going to love this. I just got back. I think he was the first American. I was the second. And uh, it was very inspiring. Uh, I went to uh, her complications clinic in Rotterdam. Yeah. And they see about 15 to 18 patients a day with complications from fillers. And they have a multi-specialty uh, group with uh, radiology, dermatology, aesthetic physicians. And they have a lot of problems in that area with permanent fillers. But what was really my aha moment was when she was referred and I saw the patient uh, uh, with a vascular occlusion of the nose. And um, she had talked, spoken to that physician the day before and said, give them 3,000 units of hyaluronidase inside the nose where you think it's occluded, yeah. and then I'll see the patient the following day. The following day, no better. Um, she used ultrasound uh, and uh, relieved the occlusion with only 125 units, and she saw immediate improvement in the blood flow and um, the skin, and uh, we actually did a follow-up the following day went during the uh, didactic part of the course, and she she was all happy and fine. She was a young woman, so it could have been devastating to have an occlusion in the nose. Definitely, definitely. Well, you know what? I'm just looking at the hearts and uh, the responses from from your story. We, especially in Europe, we love the American dream, the American dream story. You know, you built up, there's lean. You had your you had your training montage moment, and now you're you're coming up with uh, lots of success and sharing that value as well, which we can see from your Instagram feed. So anyone who's um, watching, you know, please do. Uh, check out Steve's, Steven's um, Instagram feed because there's a lot of useful information there. Um, Stephen, what, just picking on some of those things you said, I mean, you know, learning from established practitioners and bringing that back to the States yourself, what, how, do your, how do your patients feel about it? I mean, is, is ultrasound something that sets you apart in your clinic? Is it something that's um, defining you? Do you think it's useful that you, well, that's a bit of a, that's a very open question, but how do you think it's changed your practice and in relation to your patients? Well, I think the patients truly appreciate someone who is so concerned about their safety and well-being. Um, it just takes you to like, you know, I feel really good 
coming to Dr. Weiner, because if God forbid there is a complication, he has the means to take 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 it over, take handle it. Um, I do see a lot of complications from other physicians, uh, self-referred mostly the patients. Um, as you know, sometimes these complications though do take more than one visit. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I, I have to be upfront with these people to say, hey, you know, I know you're gonna travel across the country, but it's not a one and done all the time. Um, and, it, and some of these fillers become very recalcitrant to therapy, even if you nail it right in the heart of it with the ultrasound. So I, I think that ultrasound really does set a practice apart at this more moment, but I think in the future, it will become the standard of care that um, if, you're, if you're not using it, you know, why aren't you? Um, is it because of the costs? The costs, costs aren't that bad these days, particularly with the handhelds, um, the training, yeah, you know, there is a learning curve, but I think that after a day or two of training, um, you're competent to use it. You're not going to be an expert. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm still learning. Uh, three years later, uh, every day there's something new. Every day is a learning day. Viv, I know you're itching to ask some more questions about background and so on, so go for it. Go for it. There's not so much we could talk about, Steve. <laughs> um, in terms of, in terms of um, your work and carrying out, say, dermal filler treatments, do you use the ultrasound pretty much all the time now in all the work you do with, with injectables in particular? You know, um, there's some areas where uh, I'm so uh, safe, like, the prezygomatic space of the uh, cheek. And I, I do that, you know, five, six, seven times a day that, that it's a very safe area that has very little risk associated, particularly vascular. Um, however, other areas, um, I use it routinely. Like if you're gonna inject in the temples, I think that you should inject uh, under ultrasound guidance. The deep piriform space, the current literature says um, one or 2% along the periosteum. I'm going to come out with a paper that, that blows that number away. It, it, I see two, three a day along the periosteum, and I, and I don't see 100, 150 people a day. So um, I think that that's a space, if you're injecting deeply onto the bone with a needle, you really need to have an ultrasound. Um, I don't do noses, uh, but I think that uh, it's very uh, important if you do noses to look where the vessels are. I think that... Um, you know, about 20% are going to be in the midline on the periosteum, right where you want to inject. Uh, so I think those are the three areas. Of course, if you're doing foreheads, which people don't do that much, you probably should know where those two arteries are as well. I mean, you've, you've got a really interesting uh, Instagram post actually on, on uh, you shared about forehead injection. So again, anyone watching, you know, check that one out. It, it is good. Viv, sorry. Go on. No, no, it was just—it was just about your training. You mentioned um, a lot of your times now spent training, and I think your next course I was looking at um, over in Houston, in Texas, um, October the seventh. Is that right, Stephen? You're doing a lot of ultrasound work, in particular training. Yeah, I think that you know I'm either the most—I—I uh, I, I think I'm the the busiest trainer for ultrasound in the states. If not, I'm, I'm right up there. Um, yes, I, I do it at least once a, a month and sometimes twice. Uh, I, I'm doing it, uh, yes, uh, Houston will be on October, but also North Carolina is in October. Uh, and then the following month is Miami. 
And then the next next one will be in January in uh, Las Vegas. So yeah, I I think it's very important. I have uh, made a, a um, sort of a co-marketing agreement with AMSPA and I'm associated with the uh, cadaver and injection course that they have once a month. So I just plug it in on the Friday before that weekend um, and it really makes it easy for everyone. Some people take all, all three days. Um, Stephen, we had a we had a quick question actually from Heather, um, I'm assuming a practitioner. She's just asking, how do we sign up for the Houston training? Um, you go go Google AmpSpa Ultrasound uh, Fundamental Course, and um, they they take care of uh, all the registration for that. Um, no, brilliant. Okay, yeah. so that was that was for Heather. You heard it there first. Well, that's great. Oh. Good, good. Get some signups, and, and, and then, uh, then, then, but we expect some, uh, we expect some uh, Instagram feeds and maybe uh, a couple of good pictures as well of that training now, um, which we want posted <laughs> and tagged in. And Heather says thank you. Viv, was, over to you. I was just going to ask you, Stephen. Um, you do a lot of training around the country. Um, do you get on well with other ultrasound specialists as well? Like we, we had Stella Desiatnikova on a couple of weeks back from Seattle. Um, how do you get on with her and as well as other specialists like Leone um, and practitioners all over the world, how do you get on with them? I get along great. Um, congratulations, you could pronounce her last name. <laughs> <laughs> it, it took me a while to do that, I've got to say. I just call her Stella. <laughs> um, in the States right now, it's Stella. Uh, Danny Shear and I that are doing most of the training and Danny just won an award um, for the best training. Um, congratulations, Danny. Uh, I actually did a course with Danny um, in June or July. Um, so we get along, we exchange ideas. And Stella and I, you know, we're up on the stage a lot together. We were in MCAS and we were probably on the stage five times together at MCAS. Um, and Leone, you know, who, who can't like Leone? I mean, she's, she's just a giver. She's, uh, um, you know, full of information. She always has a new uh, little tweak to um, her um, thinking about like vascular occlusions. Uh, I sat next to her at the MCAS uh, gala. And again, we did probably six or seven uh, talks together. Um, one of our talks was the number one rated talk in, at MCAS out of 1800 uh, that uh, that uh, Leonie and I did and Stella did. Amazing. It's just that um, I mentioned Leonie. We, we can never get through a live about ultrasound without mentioning Leonie, Steve. Yeah. I'm sure you know how it is. Um, she's actually invited myself and Sonny over to um, see her at, at her polyclinic over in Rotterdam, um, at the Erasmus Clinic, so we can uh, experience the work that she does. How, how did you find that when you were over there? How did you find the, uh, the polyclinic work with her? So, you know, brand new to ultrasound. Uh, I hadn't even um, had zero experience with ultrasound before uh, I went to uh, uh, see her. And the very first day was the clinic. So, um, you know, it was kind of shell-shocked. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was very impressive, though. Um, they had uh, five doctors probably on the team. There was um, several patients that had significant complications most of these were long-term uh, uh, permanent filler complications. I highly recommend you seeing that. 
because that will help you in your practice. Um, and they were taking care of some of, I, I saw a laser intervention where they went with a little uh, fiber optic uh, for um, silicone in the lips. Oh. And they went and melted the silicone and the oil and they kind of just milked it out. And you saw all these beads of silicone coming out of the lip, which was unusual. Um, I, hadn't, I hadn't seen that treatment before. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're, 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 they're amazing. I think they're quite amazing, the, the different types of work they do, because we've spoken to Stella. Um, we've spoken to Tom, Tom DeGates as well. I think he's based in Erasmus. And um, well, hopefully at some point next month, we're just planning a live with all of the Dutch specialists, including Tom Van Eyck, Leone and Peter as well. I think hopefully we'll manage to sort of live with all four of them together in one place at the same time next month, but we'll see about that. Um, another thing I was wanting to talk to you about myself and Sunny, we were wondering about the research. Um, are you involved in research currently, Stephen, or anything planned in future, purely because both myself and Sunny are members of CMAC, and um, we know that you've taken part in some of the webinars that they've um, recorded. And I think recently you talked about the use of high aluronidase in dissolution of filler treatments. Um, but I wondered what sort of research are you looking at currently or in the future, perhaps? So um, one thing I'm looking at now, and it I can't be too, um, I don't know, forthright because it's kind of uh, under wraps. Uh, but, um, you know, we, we don't know exactly how fillers behave once they're injected. And now we have an eye through the skin using ultrasound. So basically I'm looking at some different types of fillers over time and their ultrasonic appearances and the differences between um, different types of filler. Uh, it, it's, um, it's very unique. We know um, from, from patients that filler lasts a lot longer than the nine, 12 months HA filler then it's on the label. Uh, I've injected uh, hyaluronidase around the eye of people that have had filler there for 10 years. Uh, I think the eye is much more susceptible to that problem than other areas. Uh, but um, sometimes the filler is injected deeply and probably causes a similar problem, but we're just not aware of it because it's so deep. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks a lot for that. Um, any, just a quick question. When you, when you say, just for those, um, those practitioners who are watching, you're probably just thinking, you know, they're, they're having flashbacks now to all the tear trough treatments they're doing, Stephen. Mm -hmm. When you're saying deep, do you mean deep to the periosteum? Or, you know, when you, when you classify, what do you classify as deep when you're saying deep injecting? Well, I think around the eye, um, in, with, with my experience of ultrasound now, I think you really need to be along the perios. I think if you're above the muscle or the smas, uh, ultimately there are problems. I, I, think, I think that the majority of the problems I see are related to that more superficial filler. But what I was saying, like even in the cheeks or uh, jawline, um, I think that fillers do last a lot longer than we think, but they're so deep that they, they're not causing the problems with the swelling, which is inherent with the lymph poor lymphatic uh, flow around the eye. So um, yeah, I, I, around the eye, I know there's a lot of advocates of injecting like uh, really small amounts uh, superficially and even above the orbital retaining ligament. 
I think that those problems uh, that I see are related to that. And I, I, I think they look great um, yeah, yeah. temporarily. <laughs> but over time, they, they don't do so hot. Exactly. And just a, a little trick that you may have picked up, sort of picking your brain here. Um, we've discussed in the past with some more experienced practitioners of ultrasound, just like yourself, that they can you know, really see old filler. They can, you know, can definitely define it. What tricks and tips would you sort of give for those of us who are starting out in, you know, you can distinguish muscle. Is there anything that you pick up on that screen on the, or when you're looking at the image on how to differentiate muscle filler, the surrounding sort of tissue? Well, one thing that really helps is that uh, posterior enhancement. If you, if you have that, um, it's usually some type of liquid and or filler. Um, and what that means, uh, posterior enhancement, it means that there's a, a white shadow behind something that you're evaluating, whether it's muscle or, or filler. Now, muscle is, tends to be uh, dark, not quite as dark as filler, so it's going to be a dark gray usually. Um, that's because muscle is mostly blood, and blood is fluid, and fluid's going to be kind of dark. It's also more homogeneous, the uh, filler versus muscle. Muscle has some striations related to uh, collagenous fibers and so forth. So, um, and also filler is generally a little more circular or spherical, not always. Um, you know, there's not, no, nothing definitive because muscle could be, um, you know, more striations, more fibrous and be lighter than, than in some areas than others. And same thing with fat. That, that can sometimes be a little difficult. It can often be kind of dark as well, particularly the deep fat. Yeah. Superficial fat's gonna have more fibrous tissue and not be quite as dark. Amazing. Uh, those of you guys watching are in the States and can travel, you know, you heard a little snippet of there. For me, that's, that's gold dust. And by the way, we don't have any, any affiliation, I'm not getting kickbacks at all from right. Stephen's courses. We're just here to share the knowledge and that, that's golden nuggets for us. So thank you, Stephen. Go on, Viv. I think you've got some pictures. Yeah, it, it, we've we've spoken about your about your history and about your work, Stephen. It it would be interesting, I thought, just to put up some of the uh, scans that you've done in the past. Just uh, a few examples. There's so many that you've the post you've made about the different types of problems you've come across, different types of uh, ways you use the ultrasound. I thought I'd pick a few uh, particular ones just so you can talk about them. This one's a temple filler treatment. I'll get this, um, I'll get this up, Stephen. It's really right. just to sh show the benefits of ultrasound. So this is um, a patient. She's actually just a uh, employee in, in our, this is the PA. And, um, right in the one up one over area um, that I see the deep temporal artery there. So um, it, I, people are kind of like thinking that's a extremely safe zone. I think it's safe, but it's not uh, without problems. Um, there was a recent paper by um, Dr. Nicholas and Kodafana who stated that the variability in that area of the deep temporal artery is so varied that uh, you can't pick a safe zone for those deep injections. I have a little beef with the deep injections, not only that, but you know, when we're injecting filler, we usually wanna be in a plane that is different than the major arteries. And with that particular injection, we're in the same plane as those major arteries. So 
that adds an extra layer of uh, complexity. Yeah. The other thing that I think you need to do is that when you're doing that injection, um, the eye is going to be the problem and not necessarily the skin. And, and a lot of people advocate, you know, be careful and look at the skin. The skin can cause a problem, but the eye can be another problem. Um, and there's actually a recent uh, case report of seeing Sculptra within the retina. Um, so so there are there are complications from that type of injection. I quite frankly prefer the interfascial plane um, between the SMAS and the deep temporal fascia. Wow, that, I mean, that's a great image, Viv, yeah. Do, do you see many problems uh, with patients who've had um, temple filler treatments who've had issues maybe with another practitioner who've come to you for assessment? Do you tend to see many patients with temple filler problems, Steve? Um, I would say it's probably, as far as areas go, it's probably down on the list, maybe the fourth most common area. The most common area is the eye by far. The next most common area is the mouth. Um, the, um, there is a, a very good friend of mine, Dr. Cami Parsa. Uh, he's an oculoplastics, and he, he basically makes a living taking care of filler problems around the eye. And he attended one of my ultrasound courses. He's a very, very good ultrasonographer now. And uh, during my course, we talked about um, eye um, complications from filler. And um, what, just prior to that, I said, you know, we're creating some occlusions, particularly in lips, which we don't really know about. And collateral flow takes care of it. And we, we, get, we get away with some occlusions sometimes without knowing it. And he said, I'll take that one step further. I said, he said, we're probably creating some problems with the eye that we're getting away with. He really? says, people walk around with 30% visual loss uh, routinely from glaucoma, and um, they don't even know it. So maybe we are creating, you know, everyone says, well, I'm not having problems. Well, you're not actually looking. Okay, if you don't look, you can't <laughs> tell. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, 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 so I think that that could be a problem. I mean, we don't know. He's a very smart guy, and... Um, I, who am I to doubt him? You know. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's. Thanks for thanks for um, sharing your uh, experiences, Steve. There was, there was one other um, one other scan. This is one where you're uh, dissolving um, a nodule very rapidly uh, with guided ultrasound. I'll get this up, Stephen. So if this. you notice, around that nodule is what I would call ring enhancement. So it's encapsulated, and then I yeah. get inside that nodule with the uh, needle. And then as I inject and you see it instantly disappear. Yeah. And, and that's the beauty of having, um, you know, the ultrasound, you can see it gone, but this doesn't happen with all these nodules because filler behaves differently um, with uh, Vicross being a little more difficult than sort of the NASA products that are very little cross-linked. So, yeah, was that a Vicos product or was that a, a different product? No, that, that was actually a NASA. Okay, NASA. That, that, okay. that, was, that, was, that was Lyft. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks. Thanks again, Stephen. Yeah. Um, this particular video, this, this amazed me because I've never come across this before, but you're using guided subcision um, of, a, of the labiomandibular ligament between the DAO and the skin. I'll just get this up. It's only a short video. 
I've uh, turned yes. out some CGI work on we it. We just take a pause there. So Viv, that that is great. So this yeah. this is Viv's speciality of just highlighting with CGI um, the different structures. So Viv, thanks for sharing that with us. That is brilliant. So um, yeah, so there is a ligament. It's not a not a um, true ligament because it doesn't go from bone to skin, but uh, it's a pseudo ligament. It goes from the DAO to the skin, and sometimes it causes uh, more. Uh, hollowness of that marionette line. So this was taken while I'm teaching someone in my trainings. I brought the ultrasound. I said, hey, uh, can I just ultrasound it as, as I'm training you? And um, you go right underneath the, the um, dermis and you do a little subcision with the cannula and then you lay a little bit of filler there. And it, it's, it's also called the happy face technique by Dr. Frank Rosengauss uh, from uh, Mexico. He he put a name to it, but we've all been doing it. Amazing. It's, it's the first time, I've got to say, that's the first time I've ever come across that technique using ultrasound. And uh, I was amazed that more people haven't mentioned it, you know, in post. I, I just think it's amazing what you did there, Stephen, to be honest. Have, have you come across anything like that, uh, Sonny? No, no. I mean, that's that's pretty unique. But, I mean, that that, that is at the heart of why we're here on a Sunday evening talking about ultrasound, mm -hmm. because... There's no standardization. You know, there's pioneers in the field like yourself, Stephen, and Leone, and, and all the other guests that we've spoken about. Um, and this is, for anyone watching, you know, go out and, and have a look. The Instagram feeds and the research being done is setting a standard. But yeah, I mean, you wouldn't, I mean, you know, how many people are using ultrasound and, and how many people are documenting what they do? I mean, it, it just it's just gonna come with time, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um... I would say that less than a percent in the States. I know it's taken off more in, in other countries, but in the States. You know, it's also interesting that I haven't written this up, but I'm, um, uh, it, it, it's repeatable, is the differences between HA. Now, obviously, there are differences between calcium doxyapatite and PLA and PMMA, but HAs behave differently, too. Um, and that, that more so is how the fillers integrate with the tissues. And the more flexible um, HAs, you see that they disperse into the tissues more, whereas the uh, um, NASA products, they just kind of stay put. And that's kind of why I like to use, so this, this actually becomes clinically relevant, like around the eye. You don't want something that's spreading all over the place. You want to put it down and you want it to stay. So that's why I, I prefer to use like Restylane um, NASA products around the eye. And then, you know, around the chin or uh, marionette, uh, you know, something that integrates better is good because the, there's a lot of movement. Yeah, definitely, definitely. There was, there was one particular, this last video, Stephen, is, is one of yourself. Uh, I'm sure you remember this. It's um, oh, yeah. your, um, I think uh, your dissolution, you can talk about this, uh, Stephen. So um, I was having a little bit of swelling around my eye, and this was an HA, a little nodular in the tear trough area, and my PA on the right and my nurse on the left are helping to guide an injection of hyaluronidase into the little nodule around my tear trough. Mm -hmm. And um, quite frankly, this was a very comfortable uh, procedure. I had no discomfort, no bruising afterwards, now, some people will argue this was using a cannula, and I, 
I think the cannulas are, are good for most times when you're trying to get nodules, but sometimes the encapsulation is so much that the nodule actually bounces off. I have a video of that too. Um, but, but what's more important is that neither of these two had much um, experience using ultrasound, hardly at all, and they were able to get it done. Um, so, so don't be afraid of it. it, it it's very easy to do. Amazing resolution there. That was good. That was good. That was, that, that, that was the other thing I was going to talk to you about. You provide um, support and uh, advice to Clarius, who make the uh, L20 HD, which myself and Sonny both use. We both use that ultrasound scanner. Um, how, how have you found um, working with Clarius in particular and providing support and your knowledge and experience to them? What, what, what do you think the benefit has been for you and for them? Well, I, um, you know, I, I don't have any, you know, if you buy a Clarius, if you buy another device, I, I don't have any financial gains. Uh, but, but I've looked at the ones that are handheld, and there's a GE V-Scan, there's that, and there's a Lumify. And I, I feel that the Clarius, for the pricing and, and for the, the resolution, is the best. Um, other people will argue, uh, but, but I, I find it... Uh, very easy to use with the software. The software is key because yeah. um, I can label something. I, I can handle the pictures and videos on my um, iPhone or on my iPad. Okay. Um, the Lumify doesn't work with uh, the Apple system. The GEV scan air does, but there's limitations in its variability. So, so overall, I felt that the Clarius was good. I have um, sort of a direct line with their engineers too. And sometimes I come up with some suggestions and ideas. For instance, the one idea that actually they worked on was the uh, long hold. Um, if, if you put it in the settings, if you press on an area that it will highlight it. Uh, so I use that for my teaching uh, class. I said, right here is like uh, the temporalis muscle, right here is the smash, right here is the intermediate. And you see it uh, highlight for about two to three seconds. Um, but uh, I just spoke with them. Um, you know, one of the things that is difficult are um, some of the deep arteries. Because what happens is the higher frequencies, um, they uh, lose penetration. Um, now, not necessarily for the, uh, the B mode, but in the color Doppler, they're more attenuated. So I, I was asking them if there was a way that you could decrease the frequency artificially, and they're working on that. But a, a workaround on that is actually um, going to the four centimeter mark. So you're going deeper, and that's kind of a workaround. So the frequency gets down to around 14. Um, okay. And um, you're able to see uh, some of the, like the, infraorbital artery and the deep temporal artery are the two ones that I struggle with with the clarius sometimes. No, that's true. I, I found that as well, Vivian. I think, I think we discussed that in the past that, you know, you have to, sometimes you'll get that, you'll get the, you'll see it and then it will disappear. And obviously it's, it's a software issue in terms of imaging. Um, Viv, I'm going to ask you to round up because uh, we could talk mm -hmm. to you for hours, Stephen. I'm sure you've okay. got uh, better things to do on a Sunday afternoon <laughs> in sunny Florida. So, Viv, do you have the last thanks. word? Thanks very much, Steve. Really nice speaking to you this evening and hope you've enjoyed it too. Yes. Um, 
it was really just a sum up um, in terms of the ultrasound and using ultrasound in facial aesthetics work. What do you see as the future of the technology um, based on your experience, based on your training, your teaching? What would you say the future is? Well, I think it's going to become more universally owned and um, we're going to see um, behaviors of fillers in the, in, you know, over time. And maybe that's good and maybe it's not. And we're going to, that's going to lead us to clinical um, choices. Uh, and I think that taking care of all complications are going to be assisted with uh, use of ultrasound. It's not going to be blind. We're not going to say, well, is, is that thing you're feeling, is that filler? Is that your anatomy? And just because there's zero cost to using it, uh, which is great because CAT scans, MRIs, so forth, they, they have an intrinsic cost and um, they're not, you know, point of service. It is the physician's friend or the, the practitioner's friend, isn't it? Ultrasound. Yeah. It, it was just one last question, Stephen. In terms of um, viewers that might be watching, practitioners who've considered ultrasound or those that may be just interested in it but don't really know what to do, what would your advice be for somebody considering using ultrasound in their own aesthetics work? What would you say to them? Well, I think that you should attend one of the courses. Um, and, and there are plenty in, in England, there's a lot um, going on. There's one coming up before our CMAC. Leone's gonna do one um, right before the CMAC course. I highly recommend going to CMAC course uh, in London in uh, November 19 and 20, I think it is. We will be there, we will be there. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, I, so going to a course I think is great. Um, I'm coming out with a textbook uh, next year uh, there is one other text. There's a couple other textbooks out. Mine's going to be unique. It's going to include um, anatomy and cadavers as well as um, ultrasound correlation. Um, and I, I say dive into it because um, if, if you're not doing it now, you're going to be doing it later. So might as well get a head start. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank definitely. Thanks very much, Stephen. Um, really kind of you. Any Anything you wanted to say, Sonny? Uh, no, we've had um, a few comments and it's really nice to see so many people watching and uh, interacting as well. Um, we just had a, a message from Dr. Jose Ferrandez. He's just mentioning it's already possible to modify Doppler frequency itself in Clarice Health20HD to increase Doppler signal. Yeah, I think Stephen was sort of, that's what you were sort of mentioning. But thank you, Dr. Jose, for, for, for mentioning that as well. No, nothing from me. Nothing at all. Just... Again, just say a really big thanks, Stephen. Really nice speaking to you. And um, thanks for giving up your time on this Sunday afternoon in Florida. Um, really kind of you. Hopefully we'll meet. Are you going to be at the CMAC conference, Stephen? Then, yeah, I, I'm Brilliant. giving uh, two lectures there. I'm giving a lecture on the temple anatomy and upper face um, and injection technique. And I'm giving a talk on actually blindness associated with fillers too. Great. That's in November 19th and 20th um, at CMAC in London at the IET. Um, we'll be looking forward to meeting you there, Stephen. We'll, we'll buy you a drink, I think, for, uh, for uh, appearing tonight. Well, more, so than thanks for that. more than one drink, babe, I think. I, so, I love, I love, I love <laughs> One at a time. 
You love Scottish 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 Scottish. Scottish. That'll be good. Scottish good. But, um, thanks a lot for that. I just wanted to say next week we have Dr. Zainab Al Mukhtar, who's a dentist from London, and um, she specialises in non surgical rhinoplasty treatments. So we'll be speaking to her about that. And that's on Thursday at 8 30 pm UK time. Um, but again, thanks very much, Stephen. Stephen thank and, you. Um, thank you. We'll say good night to you, and I hope you uh, have a great time over the next few weeks. Anyway, thanks. Thanks for inviting me. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Viv. Okay. Bye bye. See you. Bye. Bye.